Hi, everyone, and welcome to Think Like a Human. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Will Cilio, and today we are going to be talking about virtue ethics and Buddhism, and the connections between them that could perhaps point to some fundamental aspects of uh, human life. Before we get into all that, uh, seeing as it is the first show and all, just wanted to get into some logistics of what this podcast is going to be like. In Think Like a Human, my goals are to basically explore the connection between philosophy and the modern world. Um, there's this train of thought in philosophy that uh, has been going on for a while that is just basically the idea that philosophy has been too disconnected from the public life, from people's lives in general, and it's become like this overly academic pursuit, which is an idea that I absolutely relate to uh, because I just, I've, I've seen that myself in my own life. Um, Often when I introduce myself to someone as a philosophy major, um, I always get the question of, oh, what are you going to do with that? Or what kind of a job do you get with a philosophy degree? And while it doesn't really get my goat like it used to, it still pains me to see that people just don't have that same sort of connection that I do with philosophy and with it as this deep way of thinking that um, and reflecting on one's life and life in general and everything that goes with it. And so many philosophers have sought to redraw this connection between philosophy and modern life, and in doing so describe it as this sort of powerful tool that uh, can be used for reflection and thinking more deeply on human issues. And so I hope that Think Like a Human is going to, in some small part, contribute to that conversation. As for format for each episode, this podcast is mainly going to be interview-based, I'll start with a little bit of background information from me, um, just to give the listener context, really. Uh, I want this podcast to be accessible to everyone, not just people who are already entrenched in philosophy, because I guess that would kind of go against everything that I was just talking about. So, uh, some little background from me, and then, um, and then we'll dive right into the interview, and then I'll just give some few words to wrap things up just like things that I've taken away from the conversation, because I don't aim to be exploring topics that I'm an expert on by any means, um, like like I'm an expert on anything. Anyways, super stoked for what we're going to be talking about today, because virtue ethics is one of my favorite areas of philosophy. I love Aristotle, who's probably considered one of the earliest virtue ethicists, along with Plato, and I feel like I've gained a lot of use from this way of thinking in my life. In the Western philosophical tradition, there are basically three main schools of ethics. Deontology, consequentialism, and, uh, as I've already mentioned, virtue ethics. Deontological theories, uh, the most famous one probably being Immanuel Kant's, look to the sort of rules and duties that we have as persons, um, and what Kant suggests we do in trying to conceive of what rules we should live by. Um, he suggests that we take up the point of view of the universe. The idea being the rules that you live your life by are ones that you should be able to universalize. And so I guess that means like the rules that everyone should be following. For example, if everyone made a habit of lying when it uh, suited their interests, then we wouldn't really know when people are telling the truth. Um, and so we shouldn't, we shouldn't lie. Consequentialist theories like, for instance, um, utilitarianism, focus on the consequences of our actions. 
for consequentialists, results are what matter. For example, classic utilitarianism, like Bentham and Mill's theories, look to maximize the greatest good for the greatest number of people. And the actions that you take in your life should be actions that work towards that goal, or at least don't produce negative results. Virtue ethics, on the other hand, is more focused on character and building, well, virtues. Aristotle, for example, says that we can develop virtues of moral character um, through habituation, which is his idea that by consciously selecting the kind of taking a moment to reflect and consciously selecting the moral choice in many different situations in your life over and over again, eventually um, that's the moral action is just going to become your habit. It's going to be what you do. I definitely am a little bit biased. I, I love virtue ethics, but there's definitely a reason for that, and I feel like it's because we respond best to moral principles that are more integrated into our lives rather than these esoteric rules of deontology and consequentialism. Alastair McIntyre, a relatively well-known, uh, pretty darn well-known, I should say, uh, philosopher, has made the argument that we need more virtue ethics in life because because the uh, moral theories that kind of grew out of the Enlightenment, which he considers to be deontology and consequentialism, have tried to give the agency surrounding these moral decisions to the individual. Um, it's sort of like on them or on each one of us uh, to recognize what the moral action is to is and to hold ourselves to it. And... I feel like there's something more fundamental about the way that Aristotelian virtue ethics suggests that we can um, habituate morals into our lives and that we're going to live happier lives if we live more um, virtuously. Aristotle and Alastair MacIntyre both uh, make the argument that the virtuous life is the happiest life. Because doing otherwise, being immoral, lying, stealing, cheating, while it may lead to material gain, it's not actually going to improve our lives. Um, it'll just add stress and um, cause bad relationships and everything else that goes with it. And so I really like this idea of being virtuous as kind of like a personal journey with virtue and um, the way that there is this sort of binding force in that if you take Aristotle at his word that the virtuous life is the happiest life, then there is a sort of binding force on morality or something to push us to be moral. Uh, because I guess we all want to be happy in life. And if the virtuous life is actually the happiest life, then that's a pretty darn good reason to live virtuously. Which is something that I have noticed in Buddhism myself. Um, Sophomore year, I took a Buddhism class um, and ancient philosophy at the same time, and I couldn't stop seeing the connections, specifically with Aristotelian virtue ethics. There's this focus of habituation in virtue ethics, and that I feel like that translates really well to the emphasis on practice as a path to what Aristotle would call virtue, but what Buddhism would call enlightenment, um, and the sort of idea that that goal, that goal of, like, the purely virtuous person or the purely enlightened being, like, they're, um, the idea is that it's more of a journey rather than a destination. Maybe we're not probably not all going to get to enlightenment or true virtue in our lifetimes, but in working and striving towards that, 
there it will give us something valuable in our lives um and i feel that this fosters sort of like a a personal connection with morality that is much more powerful and has much stronger of a binding force on us than just these abstract rules and duties or um ways of assessing the results of our actions that deontological and consequentialist theories provide. This was a really fun episode for me to record because I got to chat with my dad about Buddhism. And so a little bit of backstory on that, my dad has been practicing Vipassana meditation for about 25 years now, um, definitely longer than I've been alive, and it has been a lived practice for him as well, and shows up in all aspects of his life. For instance, if he finds a tick on our dog, or himself for that matter, he carries it to the edge of our yard and releases it out into the wilderness, um, which I definitely don't agree with, but that's what he does because he doesn't want to kill any uh, or harm any, any living being. Uh, and the same goes for, we've, we've had a mice-mouse problem in our house for the past uh, six months or so, and we have not set a single trap because um, we're not going to hurt the mice. And that's just that. Um, <laughs> and so anyways, it... it, it, it it shows up his 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 Buddhist morals and ethics, I guess, uh, show up in in every aspect of his life, uh, in business as well, and how he interacts with people in in the real world, on a daily basis. He hasn't missed a day of meditation in six years, and meditates for an hour each morning. And for the past two years, he's added on um, an hour at night as well. He augments his practice with yearly ten day silent meditation retreats where he spends 10 days meditating every day uh, in silence. And I might be biased, seeing as he's my own father and all, but I really do think he's got a very different perspective on everything, really, that could in perhaps inform us in our lives. So, I hope you guys enjoy, and stay tuned for more content in the coming weeks. To the listeners, thank you guys so much um, for listening. This You really are what gives this project meaning, in a certain sense. and. Thanks to the Gould Center for making this all possible. Really excited for this and to dive into the first episode of 10. I'm Will Cilio, and this is Think Like a Human. So, Dad, if one were to take morality to be a, I guess, a set of rules that one lives one life, one's life by, um, what's going to be the difference between that and how you live your life? What's the uh, Ed Cilio moral code? Um, if what, what I think is the difference, cause I don't, I don't feel like I have a, a moral construct anymore. I, I really don't. I think there was a time where, where, and we can talk a little bit about mm -hmm. the, the, the precepts and following the precepts and how, how, you know, again, so much of this is, is anchored in, in Buddhism because that's a, that's a real strong framework for me. Mm -hmm. But, um, but working through the you know, the noble eightfold path, which always, you know, at first felt like it was just something on paper, but now feels like something that's a part of me and has lived. I don't at all at this point feel like it's about a moral construct. I don't, I don't, I don't not react with anger because I'm not supposed to react with anger. Right. I, I, the, what, what meditation has done for me is I'm just more, I'm more quiet. I, it, it is, I, the, the, the constant ongoing dialogue that has always raced through my mind and, and caused me to, to take action without thought often 
um, without thought or even like without reflection almost. Without right? thought, without reflection, without I, I just yeah. react. I, yeah. I don't react as constantly as I did before. So I often find myself with an initial reaction, but then it's it's not followed by a flow of thoughts that are doing nothing but building the anger or building right. the frustration. Because I think that's the way most of us go through life is, is, you know, the thoughts are racing so constantly. We identify with those thoughts as, as who we are. And so there's no, there's another thought comes and I'm going to react to that. That's who I am. I'm going to just react to it. But because I've spent so much time quieting my mind or letting my, you know, letting the thoughts come and go and evaporate, you start to to see that, that you are not those thoughts. Those thoughts right. are, I mean, we all know it, but we it's hard to live it, that, that it's just thought. It's just, a, it's a thing that will come and go and it will mm-hmm. come and go. And um, over time, I don't think it's like a moral stance as much as I'm not reacting as much as I did before. And so when something happens, I mean, that's, that is what I'm doing with the Vipassana practice is I am paying the, – the practice that I'm doing is I'm paying attention to my sensations. It could be – it could be sounds. It could be um, – it could be any kind of sense, uh, sound, taste, uh, sight. Um, but the way that I do it is with touch and feel. And so I, I constantly feel sensations and I don't react. I, I – and that's the practice. And you're doing that over and over and over every day. And then on retreat, you're doing it over and over and over all day for, for you know, for 10 days. Um, after a while, you start to train yourself to not react. And, and so um, it creates more space. So, so whereas the flow of thoughts, because the, the, you know, a thought is the way your mind works, or at least it feels to me, is thought, 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 thought. It's not just, you know, it's your memory that kind of links the thoughts together. And right. so you feel like it's like one long thought, but it's, it's really just, you know, it's a trick of your mind to, to, to see that as a thought. It's really just race. So the more that you can just kind of, settle the, the the pond and and quiet the the, the mind um, the more that when these things are happening they're not followed by more and more negativity to only amp it up right it you might even feel that initial feeling but then it, it will it will dissipate faster and right. you know often you're you're not filled with the same, amount of anger or frustration or negative feeling. And now I'm sure if someone were to do something horrible to, to me or someone close to me, I would have that same initial feeling. But, um, but I do think that, that it wouldn't be followed by um, the, the same flow of, of thoughts that for me it, it once was. Right. So I think it's that more yeah. than than um, taking a moral stance and holding to it. 
I think that was probably more true when it was um, when I was just kind of getting into this Mm -hmm. and recognizing or at least trusting that that being virtuous is is an important first step in in building a practice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's really interesting because that everything that you were just saying right there, like the the concepts of training and um, like that you that you that you um, that you did rely on those sorts of moral um, principles or characteristics Mm -hmm. at first and that it's now become now that it's become a lot more instinctual um, almost or or intuitive. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of uh, virtue ethics and the idea of habituation that Aristotle Uh Mm -hmm. um, deals with a lot because he talks about um, how the virtuous life is in fact the happiest life or the most fulfilling life or Uh the best life. Yeah. Um, Right. And so so in that sense, it has this sort of binding force Mm -hmm. um, that is an incentive in a certain ways for someone to be moral. Yeah. Right. Because, oh, like, why should I be moral? Because that's what's going to bring you the most happiness in life. Yeah. I, 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 I like that idea. I mean, this is all foreign to me, but I yeah. like that idea because it can build on itself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's kind of what I, if I feel like there was a, a choice for me, it, it was um, because I was literally 25 years ago. I was, I think I was at a point where I was ready to, Okay, I'm ready to, for religion, <laughs> and I'm yeah. ready to, I'm ready to go deep. And and but the Western religions are what I was exposed to. Um, I struggled with the idea of. I remember the thought: How can two billion people be wrong and two billion people be right? How is that like? That just doesn't make any sense. And that's the way it felt. Where you've got you know these different religions that are looking mm-hmm. at each other and saying, no, this is the right, this is right. And so I was, I was, my exploration was trying to find out what was common within them. But, mm-hmm. but in doing that certainly did make a choice. And, and the, the major religions definitely do have, so I'm not a religion rather than, than the, the philosophers, but I do think they all, it's all the same. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like if, if Christianity was what I was mostly exposed to, it was, it was, so all the religions have the same virtue elements. They, they really do. It's almost to a, to the, you know, don't kill, thou shalt not kill and, you know, right action. Like they're the same, it's the same stuff. Um, but, but one was very much or felt to me. Don't kill, don't lie, don't steal, or you go to hell. Like yeah. that's what it felt like. It, it felt like there are consequences um, that come from outside who you are. You know, God will will see this action as something that um, is wrong, and you will be punished. Like that. That's what that felt like. As opposed to what I was, what I found myself much more interested in. Um, was the Eastern and especially Buddhism, but just Eastern in general, which which was really just there was no there's no God in it. It's all about you. It's it's 
it's more you know, positive reinforcement than negative almost. It's it not is like, definitely positive. It's if you do these things and it's still don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Right. But if you don't do these things, it will help you on the path of growth. Right. And besides that, it's not only that, it's it's the the, the distinction between gaining an intellectual understanding versus an experiential understanding mm, mm-hmm. is the whole thing. So, right. so while I'm studying Buddhism and learning about it, it's with the knowledge of all this is going to do is build your intellectual understanding, which is not going to take you very far in the path. You need to practice it yourself and, and gain an experiential understanding in order for that growth to take place. Right. And, and the way that I have experienced growth is, is taking something that felt very two-dimensional and in that way felt very distant from me, which was the Noble Eightfold Path and right. the, you know, the, the, the areas of virtue and concentration and wisdom. Like, you know, be virtuous and then practice your butt off to 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 build awareness and concentration and and ultimately use that as a tool to 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 go deep and and build wisdom um and what i have definitely found is it's a process that just keeps cycling back and keeps cycling back so so as especially, you know, on retreat, you have a, 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 a situation that makes it so um, it's very easy to follow the, the real core precepts. Right. And um, you don't have to worry about, you know, being in situations of, of lying to others or exaggerating when you're being silent. And you it's pretty easy to, you know, um, follow really all the precepts. Um, uh, Which is almost retreat. like it's almost like a, a like a base. It's like a total baseline that just makes it gives you the the best chance to to focus and concentrate. Right. And um, as you're focusing and concentrating and and really building your awareness, mm-hmm. again, my practice has been focusing on the sensations, but there are lots of other practices as well that um, that that do the same thing it's just coming to the place of of building a um uh gaining insight into what buddha described as as the characteristics of existence which is um that we all are in a state of constant dissatisfaction because of our reactions because we're angry and afraid and and grasping at things and all that sort of thing is this constant thing that we go through as we are dying. <laughs> I mean, as, as our bodies are failing and as, as disappointment is constantly happening, like that is what is what existence is. Um, and at the same time, things are in a state of constant flux and change and decay, and um, and um, the the ultimate truth 
or ultimate truth of existence is that there is no self. Right. And that's that's the, the hardest one for me, at least, to intellectually understand. Um, but but through retreat, definitely I have had experiences of just that deep kind of experiential insight. Um, not, you know, it's it's little little moments of 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 starting to to get it that are completely lost as soon as your mind invades and you can't wait to tell people about it and then right. the things are gone but um but through that sort of experience you start to to to, to um it, it's like a period of growth and and the 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 few little moments of maybe chipping away at the at, at the ego or or feeling um, the connection to everyone, you know, the all is one kind of kind of idea, which feels so um, hollow as a set of words, but but as an experience is is very powerful. Then you come back to the to the virtue, and it. it it starts to be a part of who you are. You, you, when you feel more connected to that tick, or that right. that m- mouse, when you feel that all life is co- the the connection of all life. When you've 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 gone through a period of of really feeling that, you're you're no longer needing to tell yourself to be kind to others. It it's it's just starting to happen and and so it keeps growing and that makes your concentration that much easier to build as you get back to it and and um and you know and then it's easier to go deeper um in terms of of building wisdom so i i do think it's like this this growing cycle that um that feeds on itself which is all because it's about you it's not it, it it would feel so much different if i was i was doing it just because i thought some horrible thing wasn't going to happen to me if i didn't do it right i also love the idea of of building habits because i i really feel in my life um uh, so that really resonates for me right um in terms of the first um, philosophical approach that you're talking about, because that feels like everything to me. Uh, I, I feel like my day to day is, you know, the habit of meditating every day, or is it feels like it's the same thing for me as the habit of I want to build a habit of practicing, you know, playing an instrument every day. It's it's the exact same thing, but I, I love that feeling of building a habit because in the same way that I'm kind of describing the way the Eightfold Path kind of feels like it plays on itself, a habit does the same thing. Like once you once you start to absorb it, it kind of builds on itself and becomes so much easier right. um, over time. Right. It also seems like, I don't know, a large part of it, at least in the beginning, was maybe like finding that confirmation from other, um, from other paths or mm. from other... Yeah. Um, 
ways of doing things and just like seeing how finding the ways in which they are common almost it's almost like if these two people who disagree yeah agree on this one thing well yeah that's probably that that's that's or at least that's a that's a certain amount of of evidence or that like it appeals to multiple different um viewpoints i think that's definitely true or like that is seeing it in multiple true. different lights like and if it if it does hold true from those different perspectives like it's a it's at least reason to um reason to give it a shot over something that doesn't have that sort of a yeah that's interesting because i i i feel you know i always felt like if you were to ask me going through it all i was it always felt like it was making a choice like i was always learning about all these different things to 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 ultimately find what i wanted to do but but um but you're right i think that um i, I the the fact that you're learning about all these different things that that um, I was finding things in uh, in like a native um, a native culture, a native religion, and how similar it is to to Buddhism. Which how is that like? How does that even make sense? But I'm sure it only strengthened my the the feeling that I'm on up I'm on the right path or I'm right. on a path that that has value or you, yeah. or that you've almost tapped into something that's fundamentally human yeah. in a certain yeah. sort of way yeah 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 and that's and and same with you know Carl Jung and and the collective unconscious and right. and that that was another place where you when you find these little elements that are in the 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 west um, you know, seeping out of our Western culture, it only serves to to make you feel like, um, for me, like I'm on the right path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what can we take from all of this? I think that Ed would be the first person to stress the fact that his specific path is not for everyone. And I don't mean to say that if we want any hope of, of leading moral lives, we should all become Buddhists. But I believe there is plenty to be learned from his perspective. First off, I just, I can't talk about habituation enough. Um, And I totally see elements of that in the way that he talks about how he did have to hold to, say, the five precepts and um, the Noble Eightfold Path in the beginning, but how it's just become a way of life for him now. And... I can definitely attest to the fact that he is a really happy person and sort of just floats through life on this on this bubble of um of I don't know completely chill calm he's always he just like his like he says he he doesn't really react strongly to things and it's just this very calm he's he's a very calm he's like still water and furthermore there's the importance of practice uh in both cases Habituation takes a lot of repetition to to get to virtue, I guess you could call it. And just like that, um, just like that, meditation is kind of the same way. However, I do notice that there is a sort of interesting point of disanalogy. They're both guided at virtue and guided at creating this sort of virtuous life, but in slightly different ways. I feel like Buddhism is a bit more technical and sort of has the finer details fleshed out, whereas Aristotle's um, 
virtue ethics is just a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more hands-off, I guess. The idea of journey over destination really speaks to me as well, and I wonder if this is maybe a more productive way of looking at morality. Aristotle himself says that we all start at different points on the path to virtue. Someone might have had a rough upbringing that has caused them to have a different view of the world or or circumstances that they've had to, and I just wonder if this, this could be sort of a, a more productive way of looking at morality. Aristotle himself um, talks about how we all start at different points on the path to virtue, and we don't all need to, like, who knows, we might not all, all get there. Um, and I, I guess the, the idea is that it's sort of like a... Um, it's sort of like an asymptote, like you can you can get closer and closer and closer to the limit, but the idea of getting there is it's more like a carrot on a stick than anything else. However, that doesn't mean that we should just give up, because at the same time, there's the idea that this journey is going to bring you a lot of, it's, it's sort of going to bring you a lot of happiness, or it's just going to improve your life the more and more deeply that you go into it. And yeah, I totally resonate with that. And I believe that morality does sort of have to take human nature into account. Um, there's not going to be a sort of perfect morality. We're not always going to be perfectly virtuous. But the fact of the matter is, is that's okay. And that's no reason why we shouldn't try. And so I feel like that's something maybe more, I don't know, I feel like Buddhism and virtue ethics have sort of hit on something fundamental, just about who we are as human beings and the way that we can work to be more than we are. Thanks for listening. I hope today's show was not only fun, but perhaps set off some trains of thought to new and interesting destinations. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this episode, have ideas for future episodes, or just general feedback about the show, feel free to shoot me an email um, at wcilio20 at cmc.edu. Thanks again for listening. I'm Will Cilio, and this is Think Like a Human.